Live at 5 Sports at Tide and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. Well, Jim, we're hearing that uh, Derek Falvey and Thad Levine are being uh, potentially interviewed or that at least Falvey declined the interview. Uh, tell us what's going on with the Twins front office personnel. Yeah, the Red Sox are looking for a new GM. Twins are an obvious place to start. Derek Falvey's very well regarded throughout the industry. Thad Levine is also very well regarded. Uh, I don't see... You know, and it's pretty much public now that Derek is not going to interview there. Mm. I think Derek is very invested here. He's not looking to go to a bigger market. He loves it here. He thinks this team's going to be good for a long time. He loves working with Rocco. Uh, he set up the organization to, to succeed long term. They have a good farm system. I just think he sees so much upside here. He doesn't want to mess with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's just not looking for another job. Thad has turned down opportunities to interview or try to become a general manager elsewhere. Uh, he has not been desperate to leave. He loves working with Falvey and Rocco. Uh, he's a big part of things here, and he's a pretty level-headed guy. He doesn't want to just go get a job just to get a job and be set up for failure, as you are in some cases. Uh, this is different. This is a chance to go take over the Red Sox at a time when they are not doing well, take over an organization with great resources, take over an organization that still has very good players and try to do something special. And, you you know, as we saw with uh, Theo, you win, in, you win in Boston, you're a hero for life. Mm-hmm. So this is a pretty good opportunity. Uh, I don't think he's particularly driven by money, but I'm sure they're going to pay well. It's just it's probably an opportunity you can't pass up. So he's not the shot caller then for the Twins. That's all on Falvey, or is there some sharing there? Falvey is the shot caller. Mm-hmm. Thad is his right-hand man. Um, Falvey believes in building consensus and getting ideas from a lot of different places. Uh, Thad is a great counterweight to Falvey. Uh, you know, he, they, they think alike, but he's not a yes-man, so he's a good person to run things by. Generally, they're on the same page, but it gives him you know, a very smart guy to run things by. But Falvey makes the calls. How are their duties separated? Uh, uh, you know, does uh, Levine help out more with scouting and drafting, and, and then the trades are, are Falvey's? Do you, do you really know? Do they, uh, or is there no separation? They work on everything together. I mean, they work on everything together. Yeah. Uh, they work on everything together. The way it's set up, Falvey always has the last call, but he also believes in trusting his people. So like Sean Johnson, the draft director, Sean makes all the final draft calls. Mm-hmm. They'll run, you know. Derek's in the room, Thad's in the room, other intelligent people are in the room, but he believes in, in that if it's your baby, that you need to make the final call. So Sean Johnson is the guy who drafted Royce Lewis. He's the guy who's responsible for making the final call on draftees. And that's always been the way it's been. Uh, even Terry Ryan is a great evaluator. He left it to Mike Radcliffe or whoever his scouting director was to actually make the final call. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it. It sounds dramatic to say this guy has the final call. This guy is just, you know, in a support role, whatever. The reality is the way they do things, they try to come to consensus. Mm -hmm. Uh, They try to all be on the same page by the time they make a decision. If they can't come to a consensus, then it is up to Derek Falvey to make the final call. And, uh, you know, in the course of doing that, obviously they built a a very good uh, program here, and it's just uh, builds up on Levine's uh, resume. Now, not every organization has a president of baseball operations and a, a GM. Isn't that a kind of a relatively new thing in Major League Baseball to have that president of baseball ops kind of above the GM? 
it, it really just depends on how you want to structure it and what mm. you want to call it. Uh, you know, when I started covering the Twins, Andy McPhail was a, you know, he's like the vice president of such and such and general manager of the team. And I was like, what do you want me to call you? He said, I'm a general manager. Mm-hmm. It's just they gave me a nice title on top of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Derek Falvey is essentially a traditional general manager with an elevated title. Um, and they do that so they can hire somebody they think is really good and give them the general manager title or give them a big title. So it's, it's really just playing. It's semantics. It's playing with words. It's making feel, people feel special. Um, you know, and, and it kind of indicates that Derek Falvey is just not, he's just not just talent evaluator running the baseball operations. He has a kind of a broader role throughout the organization. Uh, and Thad Levine is basically his right-hand man. And you could call him general manager, assistant general manager like Neil days, or you can call him president of baseball operations general manager. It really breaks down the same way. I was only curious because in Miami, they just lost uh, their general manager, and she decided to step down after the ownership uh, wanted to bring in a president of baseball operations, and apparently she felt like that would usurp her duty. She didn't say that, but she said they're going in a different direction, so I'm I'm stepping aside. I, I was just wondering, it sounds like at least there the president is going to be you know, over the top of the GM. Well, and, and here it is. I mean, uh, you know, Salvi is over the general yeah. manager. Yeah. Um, and there, but, but you know, here, <clears throat> Derek Salvi hired his general manager. Yeah. So there's no conflict. There, they really were going to reduce her decision-making power by putting somebody in charge of her, and she rightly read that as an insult and left. I uh, should get another job, right? She's really sharp, really well thought of throughout the, uh, the major leagues. You know, who knows? Maybe Thad leaves and she becomes the general manager here. Yeah. Now, I have to admit that the only time I pay attention to Trevor May after he left the Twins is when he's sending out kind of controversial tweets or, or doing interviews. He really ha- unloaded on the Oakland ownership, uh, John Fisher. Uh, I think he just spent just his last season there and actually became the closer and has decided to retire, thus the ripping of the ownership. Uh, I, did you hear what he said, and do you agree with what he said? It's funny. Don Mitchell and I just talked about this on Don's new podcast at TalkToWork.com. We got into this. Mm-hmm. A lot of, lot, lot of things here. Number one, Trevor May is a really good guy. Yeah. Number two, he doesn't mind putting his opinions out there, which I kind of appreciate. Mm-hmm. Uh, Don's point was, hey, have the guts to rip him during the season. Don't wait until you're retiring. And my view was, hey, this he's probably ripping on his way out in part for himself, but in part for his teammates who feel like they can't speak up without getting cut or, or punished in some way. Mm-hmm. So I don't mind it. Uh, I also feel like Trevor May, I'm not shocked he's retiring because I always felt like he was a guy who didn't love necessarily being under the scrutiny of you know, the public. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and if you play, if you're a professional athlete, you are under the scrutiny. Yep. He's a good guy. I don't, I think, don't know, I'm not sure that this is the perfect profession for him in terms of his personal views. And here's the other thing. He's absolutely right. The A's just embarrassed themselves and, and brought down the, the caliber of major league baseball, but not even pretending they were trying to win this year. And it's still Billy Bean there in Oakland who, you know, the movie yep. was made about uh, Moneyball and all of that. Uh, he can't necessarily enjoy, uh, a, you know, a microscopic payroll. Uh, he, you would think not. Here's mm-hmm. the thing: Billy has had plenty of opportunities to go interview and get other jobs. I think the, he could have the Mets job way back when. He could have the Red Sox job way back when. I wonder if he likes 
the fact that he's got a built-in excuse there. Mm. Uh, if they win, it's because he's a genius. If they lose, it's because they have a low payroll. Mm. I just wonder if that suits his ego. Yeah, ah, very well could. Uh, the Phillies just seem to be, they're going to win the National League. I, I know it's only two yeah. games in, but they just seem to have a lot more star power than do the Diamondbacks. And, you know, it's one of the things, it's kind of cool the Diamondbacks won in the division series by upset. The downside is, they really aren't as good as the Phillies, and we're watching a blowout series now. They're just, they just can't compete. Yeah. Uh, Phillies have turned it on. Uh, they got Trey Turner going later in the season. Harper's healthy and having a big postseason. Schwarber, after starting off the postseason cold, is now hitting everything over the fence. Um, you know, they have a deep lineup. They punish you. Uh, they, they, you know, just power up and down the lineup. They take good at bats. They grind down good pitching. They're very good in the field. They have good starting pitching. They're really built for this. Yeah. Um, you know, talking to Falvey and, and uh, Rocco toward the end of the season, they're like, hey, everybody, everybody hates the strikeouts. That's a bright, shiny thing for a fan to complain about. They said that their research is that what leads to victories is not avoiding strikeouts. What leads to victories is hard-hit balls and drawing walks. Mm. And you're seeing that with the Phillies. They, they basically uh, they will not swing outside the zone. And if you come in the zone with anything hittable, they hit it over the fence, and that's the formula. It's that not swinging outside the zone thing that the Twins struggled with in their series with the Astros. Yeah, and and so it's not. So and their argument is it's not the strikeouts per se. It's taking good at bats and generating either walks or hard hit balls. Mm-hmm. And in the Astros series, they did swing outside the zone too much. They also yeah. had a lot of bad calls outside the zone that went against them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't ever blame umpires for losing a series, but that did hurt them. Um, and they expanded the zone. When they didn't expand the zone, sometimes they got rung up anyway, and they didn't hit enough balls hard. Uh, those, you know, those, but, but you know, one thing the, the Twins will point out is that teams that strike out less than the opponent have a losing record in this postseason. So it's just not the defining uh, statistic that people think it is. Can the Astros rally and take the series from the Rangers? Sure. Mm-hmm. They're good enough. Mm-hmm. Uh they're good enough. I don't think uh, playing at Texas is that big a daunting thing, uh, being on the road. They're, they're battle-tested. They've won on the road before. Uh, listen, mathematically, of course, the Rangers have a huge advantage, but I wouldn't be shocked to see the Astros make this a really tight series. Jim, thanks so much. Thanks, Todd. Live at 5 Sports at Todd and Suhan, brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. Rambo pregame coverage for the Cardinals regular season football finale from Titino Grace is at 640, and uh, that's brought to you by Rambo. That's Live at 5 Sports. I'm Todd Bergeff.